Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending May the 17th, 2019. East Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Polk County Publishing Company manager Kelly Barnes kicks off this week's podcast. This is Kelly Barnes, and I'm coming to you from the Polk County Enterprise. It's morning for me, and I'm having coffee and going to read a couple of newspapers this morning. And I invite you to pick up a copy of the Sunday, May 12th edition of the Polk County Enterprise and or the Thursday, May 16th edition. Although it won't be on the newsstands till this afternoon, today is Wednesday, May 15th, the recording of this podcast. But if you're listening after that date, it should be on the newsstands. And if you're listening way after that date, you can always go by our office at 100 Calhoun and pick up a copy of the newspaper. I have some really good news was good for me. This week, on two occasions, I had the opportunity to answer the phone here at the office, which I don't always do. And in both cases, it was a a person from Corrigan, Texas, and a person from Livingston, Texas, and each one of them were subscribing to the Polk County Enterprise for the very first time. One of them wanted the print copy only, and one of them was interested in getting the print copy and the e-edition. And for those of you that aren't aware that we have an e-edition, you can subscribe and an actual newspaper will be delivered to you via email every Wednesday morning and every Saturday morning, a day before its actual date, Thursday, Sunday editions. And the paper reads like a regular newspaper. When you click on it, you can see the entire paper. You can flip the pages. You can zoom in so that you can read them very carefully. And I personally have grown to enjoy getting my email editions of the newspapers, and I'm able to read them. And then when they come in, I also am able to enjoy them when I get them in my hands. So there may be some of you out there that would like to get their news via e-edition, and you can call Polk County Enterprise 936-327-4357 and talk to Molly, and she'll get you fixed up. Sunday's paper, Valerie picked up a story, went to a trial that possibly was off the radar for a lot of people, but a lady by the name of Elizabeth Davis has been sentenced to six months serving time due to a custody case, and she's been in jail now for quite some time waiting for her jury trial. And in a nutshell, Polk County resident had a baby with Davis, and long story short, she decided she didn't want him in her life, I guess, and she took off six months pregnant with her second child and had changed birth certificates, baby names, gotten passports, really scary deal. And the grandmother of the two babies, because during the process of all of this, baby number two was born, which the family never even met. And I saw pictures and both children are spitting images of this family. So there's no denying whose babies they are. And the grandmother who was going to pursue a career in law enforcement as her second stage of life decided to put it all on hold so that she could find her grandbabies. And so she went on a mission founder grandbabies. It's been a long process, but now both children are back with their family. And now this lady who tried to 
I don't know, take matters in her own hands and skirt the law and have things her way. It didn't work out for her. And so she'll be in jail. And you can read all about that story and the actual characters involved in the Sunday edition of the Polk County Enterprise. Very interesting story. Let's see, what else do we have? Livingston Council swore in three new members. And I saw some really interesting things in the paper I thought y'all would want to hear about. There's still water standing in the Goodrich area due to all the rains, so y'all continue to be careful. The Alabama Cushata Tribe of Texas hosted a historical commission regional meeting that's going on, and they have a continued drama of whether or not they're going to be allowed to stay open. And here at the Polk County Enterprise, we support Alabama Cushata and their right to have gaming, and so we'll keep you posted on, on what happens in that case. Mike Cox did a really interesting Texas Tales talking about the Hexagon Hotel that helped attract visitors to Mineral Wells area. That's an interesting story. We always have My Five Cents by Robert Nichols, excuse me, our state senator. So that'll be interesting for you to read. He keeps us posted. And actually, he's won awards from Texas Press Association for his ability to just inform the public. His columns are not about vote for me. They're more about uh, really informing you of what's going on and letting you decide what you think about all of it. We have a golf winner. Tyler Ship of Livingston won a gold medal during the Special Olympics Shooting Stars Golf Tournament held May 8th at the player course in the Woodlands. He's the son of Bill and Judy Ship and the grandson of the late Mayor Joe Pettigo. So congratulations to you, Tyler, on winning that. Let's see. Jennifer Birdwell puts together the Lion Roar, which is a page from Livingston Independent School District, and it's brought to you by advertisers in Polk County so that they can keep you updated on what's going on at Livingston ISD. And by the way, Big Sandy ISD also has a page that comes out in the newspaper once a month, and also Corrigan ISD, Corrigan Camden ISD has a page. So we're hoping next year to be able to add an on Alaska page and a Goodrich page and a Leggett page. So we'd like for all the school districts to have their own page in the newspaper, and we'll be working on that in the future. But so far, we've managed to be able to have three of the six school districts in the county having their own page in the newspaper. And in this particular edition, we've got some fourth grade winners of the Intermediate School GT Academic Fair and some fifth grade winners. So congratulations to those winners, and their pictures are in the paper. And then we have Dr. Robert Long, who was honored as the Livingston High School Outstanding Graduate. And what that is, he's Outstanding Graduate of the Year during the Scholarship Honors Night ceremony on Tuesday. He's pictured with his wife, Carrie, son and daughter, Caden and Cameron, and the Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Brent Hawkins. So congratulations to Dr. Long and his family. Now, Brian Besh, as usual, is keeping us up to date on what's going on. And it looks like Wildcats, this is um, a great headline, by the way, Wildcats Bottle Up Shiner. And basically, Big Sandy is at it again. Big Sandy Baseball, keep an eye out for them. I heard Brian say they were going to win state this year, so he's pulling for them. And their coach, Hooker, is leading the way. And so if you like good baseball, you may want to get yourself out to the next game. It looks like next they're going to face the winner of the Burton and Thorndale series. Now that was reported in Sunday, May 12th edition. So there's probably an update in Thursday's paper, which I'm going to go to right now. Well, we had an 18-wheeler crash that closed U.S. Highway 59 on Monday. 
And of course, it made front page news. Very interesting that Polk County's population estimate exceeds 50,000. So that's news. We've got graduations scheduled for all of the high schools. Matter of fact, looks like on Alaska, Corgan, Camden, Big Sandy, and Leggett High School will have their graduations on Friday, May 31st. And they all begin at 7 p.m. Goodrich will have their graduation on May 24th at 7 p.m. And Livingston's will be actually on a Saturday, June 1st. So their graduation's at 10 o'clock in the morning. So that's a little update that's in the paper on graduations. Let's see. We have a congratulations to Dean Harrell. He's a criminal justice graduate, and he's headed to the Austin Police Academy. And his family put an ad in the paper for him congratulating him on his graduation from Angelina College. So congratulations to him and any of you families out there that want to do the same. You come by the Enterprise, and we can get you fixed up. There is a giant adoption event at the SPCA, and in the paper, there's pictures of all the cats and dogs that they featured in this story that need to be adopted. So if you've been thinking about getting a cat or a dog, I recommend you don't go out and buy one, but go buy the SPCA. A couple of our animals at our home are from the SPCA, and they are precious, precious babies. Livingston is having a farmer's market every Saturday throughout the summer. It's going to start May 18th, so that's this Saturday, Fresh Produce. It's going to be in Anniversary Park next to Melbo's, and the city of Livingston is telling you all about it here in the Polk County Enterprise. So I love this. Buy local fresh produce, but you have to get up early. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 10 a.m., go by Livingston Farmer's Market in Anniversary Park. That is news. Everybody likes fresh produce. Something else I noticed looks like, oh, look, Owen is having a spring home sale and their powwow at Alabama Shada Tribe of Texas. I know locals sometimes forget local events. So don't forget this year. If you haven't been to the powwow in a while, it's going to be May 31st and June 1st. The public is invited. They have the gourd dance, the grand entry. They have food out there and it's um, a wonderful event. And it's something great to take the family to. So mark your calendars for the Alabama Cushada. It's their 51st annual powwow, May 31st and June 1st. Children's Haven received a donation. And, oh, here's another honor graduate. Two degrees. Looks like Chan Patrick Demas has been awarded two master's degree while serving a prison sentence. Very interesting story there. And it's in the Enterprise, and you can read all about it. Polk County athletes, along with athletes all over East Texas and the state, competed in the state track tournament. And in this Thursday's paper coming out tomorrow, you can see your athletes pictured. I see six pictures of the event, and all of the information about who won, what the finals were, are listed all in the paper. And looks like Slitterbond's advertising again. That's good. So get some season passes to Slitterbond. As a matter of fact, Polk County Publishing Company newspapers will be having a drawing at each location. So in Tyler County, Polk County, San Jacinto County, Trinity County, and Houston County, you will be able to register to win a family four-pack of tickets to Slitterbond. So keep an eye out for your newspaper as they talk about this contest. If you want to try to win tickets, each one of them may do the contest a little bit different. 
here in Polk County. You'll be able to come by and just put your name in our registration bucket, and we'll do that for a few weeks, and then we'll give out tickets. So don't forget about that if you're interested. And finally, I just wanted to remind you that not only do we have a great classified section that tells all about garage sales, and also if you need some work done around your house, there's people that do stump grinding and tree services and and septic and yard work, which is a big deal right now. All of that is in our classified sections. You can go by and get the paper and find out about what's there. And every week, Pam, who does the classifieds here in Polk County, she puts in the Texas crossword. And that is a very challenging puzzle. And I've heard many, many people say, I've got to get my paper so I can do my Texas crossword. And the answers are also in the paper in another location. So you don't have to wait to find out how you did. I recommend going out and getting a subscription to the paper or go pick one up off the stands. I'll go ahead and announce here that coming up June 1st, the price of the Polk County Enterprise will be going up to 75 cents on the newsstands. But you can still get the paper for a whole year at a much discounted rate. So now's a good time to go ahead and subscribe if you don't want to pay 75 cents. Now, me personally, if I'm wanting a paper, I don't mind buying it just like I don't mind paying too much for a pack of gum or a Coke when I want one. But there's also a more economical way to get the paper, and that's by subscribing. So that is some news that's coming up too. Well, thank you so much for listening. Well, hello, everyone. This is Jacob McAdams of the San Jacinto News-Times, and I'm bringing to you all the news from last week all the way up to May 16th. Now, last week, uh, we had some big events. Mostly, we had the issue with the commissioner's court meeting, which involved the crosses at the San Jacinto County Courthouse. That proved to be our biggest issue. But if you'd like more information, definitely check out our, our last podcast. I do talk about that in more depth there. We did have a couple other events. Both Shepherd and Cold Spring FFA groups had their banquet, which of course is honoring the achievements of the different students, as well as kind of the passing of the torch of the senior students to the new officers and the newer students. I covered the Shepherd one. We had Cassie Gregory over at Cold Spring cover theirs, and both of them proved to be really emotional nights for the kids. They always have these moments where it's just knowing that they're moving on to bigger and better things for the seniors, whereas the juniors and uh, the younger students, they're moving up another year and whatnot. Now, we also had another event that I didn't talk too much about. In fact, I don't think I talked about it at all. And that is that the Shepherd Chamber of Commerce is doing a new thing. On May 7th, they went to McLean's Food Market, and they honored them as the business of the month. Now, for those of you who don't know, McLean's is a big grocery store over in Shepherd. The business has been around for over 100 years, and and the family, of course, has been pretty prominent in the community. They always host the Easter egg hunts out over on the Shepherd Primary Campus and on the Shepherd Youth League ball field across the street. And they're also pretty involved in other events, according to Yvonne Cones of the Chamber. They're all always showing support for the local community. And so they get to be honored as the business of the month. They have a sign up at their business that honors them as such. Uh, It's still up there and it's going to remain there until next month, in which case the chamber will be honoring a new business of the month. So that was pretty much wrapping up everything that we had last week. Now, this week, We've had some newer things going on. Probably our biggest thing this week is there was a TexDOT open house meeting of sorts over at Shepherd High School. And 
they had an open forum and whatnot. But basically, for the past few years, TxDOT has been getting information on the Highway 59, the portions of it that run from uh, Cleveland and the Shepherd. It's a little over six miles, but simply put, they're wanting to get those portions of Highway 59 up to interstate standards. And They've been doing this for a few years. They've been having these meetings, you know, talking with the locals, the public, and showing them, you know, what they're wanting to do. And a good portion of that is they want to put in frontage roads, which should help make things a little bit safer for people wanting to enter the highway. Uh, That way you're not entering directly onto the highway from a road or whatever. That's one of the things they want to do, maybe widen a few of the roads. Uh, and they're also looking at you know how they handle overpasses and whatnot. And they did give some information out, you know, as far as their planning process. But right now it's 2019. The project is not expected to start construction until 2023. Now people from both Shepherd and Cleveland, which is next door, of course, in Liberty County, met to discuss the issue. And nobody really spoke during the public comments portion of the project, except for Mayor Otis Cohn of Cleveland. Maricone, he gave us support for the, the project itself. So we did have that going on. Today, we also had kids participating in Shepherd Middle School. The seventh graders are actually participating in a, a day of service around the city of Shepherd. So what they're doing is they're, they, they all met in the middle school gym, and they're all going around and helping out the community in different areas. And so what they're doing exactly is they're having the kids divide up into groups, and they're going to different places. Some of them are going to the younger campuses the intermediate and the primary and helping out with events there. Like at the primary, they're having what's called field day, I think. Call it. And they're helping out there. Some of them went to McLean's grocery store and they are bagging groceries over there. And we also have some that are going to the community center, for instance, and they're, you know, cleaning the windows, cleaning up the outside, you know, scrubbing the doors. Uh, we have some that are going to the library and they're cleaning up around there. We have some going to the city hall. They're cleaning up there, too. Some of them are also going to the nursing homes at, or the nursing home, I should say, the, the local one, Woodland Park Nursing Home. And there's also uh, Nixon Adult Daycare Center. And they'll be spending time with the seniors and the adults over at the Nixon Adult daycare center, you know, and playing games with them and talking to them and, you know, just giving them a moment of their time. And they they go to different places too. There's quite a few places they go and it's just a way to show that these kids can benefit Shepherd, you know, even though they're still only, you know, 12, 13 years old. They're, they're going to go out there and give their time to help make their community a better place. Shepherd uh, City Council had their meeting on Monday night, May 13th. Now, this meeting was really interesting. It was actually a pretty quick meeting, but there were a few items of interest. They did present a certificate of achievement to local 7th grader Slayton Bokes, who presented some artwork over at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. He is actually a gold medal winner, so congratulations to Slayton Bokes. And then the city actually did a proclamation, read by Mayor Charles Minton, to the Shepherd JROTC. Uh, they were... Actually 
actually representing the city at the at an Astros game here recently, according to Mayor Minton. Another item of interest, I mean, they, they did talk about some of their issues. They did a re- uh, resolution of support for the San Jacinto County Commissioner's Court on the decision to keep the crosses on the courthouse. So there are people still talking about that. Then they discussed a resolution of support for the passage of House Resolution. They have it listed as 789. I believe it's actually 759, which is to clarify that the Alabama Cushata tribe can enjoy the opportunity for tribal economic development on terms that are equal and fair and to protect jobs. This resolution was actually not passed then. There was a motion to pass it by Councilwoman Yvonne Cones, but she did not get a second to the motion. We do not know entirely why this is the case. We just know that the other councilmen decided not to pass it. We also had some discussion on city variances. Now, there wasn't any action taken on this item, and the reason for that is because it wasn't on the agenda, but they were discussing just how do they handle variances, especially as they apply to the the residents, also local businesses and organizations. It was a discussion brought up due to an event that happened here recently. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't know how this is going to turn out, but simply put, if you live within the the limits of the city of Shepherd, uh, make sure that you're compliant with any variances they have, but we'll be keeping a close eye on this. We'll be talking about it in future podcasts if it becomes a big issue, but keep an eye out for next week's podcast as well. We are going to be talking about Huggatree Kiss a Fish, which is the local event done by the Community and Children's Impact Center. Of course, I say it's a local event. It's done by our local organization, is more accurate to say, but they will be doing this up at Camp Cullen in Trinity, Texas, and it's going to be a fun weekend. I'm going to be covering it tomorrow from, I'm going to try and cover it in the morning, And uh, but it's going to be a fun event for kids. There, there'll be hundreds of kids with their parents that are going to get to enjoy three days of fishing and camping that they may not have gotten to enjoy on any other day. It's a wonderful event for the kids, and we'll definitely be more than happy to tell you guys all about it in our next podcast. But until then, this is again Jacob McAdams from the San Jacinto News Times, and I will see y'all later. Howdy, everybody. Chris Edwards here coming at you, representing the Eastern Contingency of the Polk County Publishing Empire and bringing you some of the news and events from this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. So, hope everybody's having a great week and trying to beat some of the heat, but enjoying it all the same. And it's not quite as nasty and rainy as it was the last couple of weeks. So, uh, got, got a lot of sunshine and a lot of warmth. And, well, for all practical purposes, I guess summer feels like it's already here, but by the calendar definition, it will be here before we know it. And speaking of things that are here before we know it, right around the corner is high school graduation. That's right. All of our school districts in Tyler County, they'll be walking their seniors across the stage and also the middle school kids and kindergartners too get to do their graduation exercises. But the senior class of 2019, you know, we always celebrate them in the form of a special section in our newspapers. And this year is no different. We'll be putting that out next week. And so... If you still haven't bought an ad for your graduate, you still have a chance. If you have a graduate that's who's graduating here in one of the Tyler County schools, we still have some space to get you in. So hit us up, and uh, we'd be glad to do it. So. Next week, actually, Colmesneal, my old high school alma mater, they're graduating next Saturday, May the 25th, and, and they're doing it. You know, the schools are graduating a little earlier this year than they than they have been lately, so... Uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to getting that out and highlighting all the kiddos who are grabbing their sheepskin and going out into the world. 
This week in Tyler County, the big story in the Tyler County Booster was covering the Commissioner's Court. The main item on the agenda had to do with a couple of items taking forward steps on the courthouse remediation project. For those of you who've been following this, you might remember that this has been a long-in-the-works, drawn-out process, and it involved the county working with the Texas Historical Commission. Now, there were some things that were done to the courthouse that the county did that they weren't aware that they were in the wrong in doing. See, this is to backtrack a little bit. This whole project has been the the goal of it. The end goal has been to restore the courthouse back to the way it appeared in 1891. And a large part of that is stripping all the stucco off the walls to reveal the brick that was laid in the original form in 1891. And in this process, a couple of years ago, um, the county did do some things of uh, replacing some windows remodeling a couple offices and stripping some of that stucco off themselves. And these things they learn later were not done in compliance with uh, historical commission stipulations. And there were some heated exchanges, I guess, that took place between county officials and members of the historical commission. But they finally came to some remediation terms in, in April, actually. Judge Jacques Blanchett signed an agreement to go forth with a series of steps that would put them in good stead with the state again and allow them funding to go forth with the uh, the full-blown restoration project. And one of them is that they're going to have to appoint a preservation architect. Now, Judge Blanchett said there were several uh, preservation architects who are interested in this job and who have been coming to tour the courthouse in the last couple of weeks. So we'll have some news on that when they do appoint one and have a name to go with it. But the item they approved Monday morning in their meeting had to do with project manager for the overall scope of work that has to be done. Judge Blanchett spoke to this a little bit and said that they decided it would be best to get somebody from the outside to serve as an overall project manager, an independent contractor to come on board. And they've gone out for a request for proposal for this job. And hopefully they get somebody pretty soon to come aboard and to oversee this. And Judge Blanchett said that the county's on track with this project. It's a tight track with everything that needs to be done, but they are on track with it. So I know that a lot of people have been kind of waiting with bated breath to see how this is going to turn out and see if the courthouse can be restored. And I think they are on, on track to do it. And they're, they're determined and they're going to, you know, I met with Judge Blanchett about this a couple of months ago before the remediation terms were set and signed. And he said that he did realize that some things had been done that they didn't realize they were in the wrong, but they are determined to cross every I and dot every lowercase T this time around and make sure that they do. So kudos to them on, on uh, going forward with that. Another thing in Tyler County News, this happened here in Woodville, actually. The volunteer fire department here, they had been working on getting this grant for the last couple of years, and they were just awarded it, a $16,000 grant, a cost share grant through the Rural Volunteer Fire Department Assistance Program, which is done through the Texas A&M Forest Service. And this is a really great program, folks, and, and they've given a lot of grant monies to a lot of these small volunteer fire departments, and it's helped out a lot. It's really up the firefighting capacity for a lot of these guys acquiring equipment and so forth. And Chief Alan Gartner, who uh, serves as, as chief for Woodville VFD, he spoke a little bit about 
about this and said that having the right tools is half the job in firefighting. And they were able to acquire quite a few items to help them out. And also to make note of, and Chief Gartner mentioned this, that the Woodville Volunteer Fire Department and any fire department in our neck of the woods, they're all volunteer bases. They're always uh, looking for good people to, to serve with them. So just look into it if you're in your respective community, if, if you're up to the challenge. But Woodville in particular, he wanted to make note of that they're, they have an open enrollment for volunteers. And if you want to apply, you can go to one of their meetings, which they have the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, 7 p.m. at the fire station, which is uh, located downtown Woodville. Moving right along with things, it's coming up on summer and graduation and all that. So baseball seasons have all wound down. Nobody's in the playoffs around here anymore. Baseball and softball and tennis and golf and all that too. But the state track meet was held in Austin uh, this past weekend, and I was lucky enough to attend it and uh, photograph and, and cover it and write about it. And it was a blast. It was great to, to see all these kids competing. And, and Tyler County, we were fortunate to have four kids from Woodville and Chester who qualified and competed in various events in the track meet. And we uh, highlighted that in this week's edition of the Booster, but one in particular um, I want to make note of. I'm going to go over all of their awards here in a minute, but one of them I wanted to kind of spotlight. Uh, it was uh, Carrington Mirandez, who's a graduating senior at Woodville High School, and he was a standout athlete through his high school career. Now, Carrington is wheelchair-bound, and he's got a really interesting story. And next week in the booster, we're going to have a feature just about him. And our guy, Hale Hughes, who covers sports here in Woodville and is a marvelous photographer and does some other things for us, he interviewed Carrington and is writing a, a feature piece about him. So check that out if you have a notion to, because he's a really interesting guy and a superstar athlete. And he did great things with the uh, Hot Wheels wheelchair basketball team the past couple of seasons. And, you know, all of these kids are, are stars. I mean, they give it their all, whether it be an athletic competition or academics or both. But some of them just shine, and Carrington's one of those guys. He's got a really interesting story, but he's definitely going to be one who's talked about for years in the history of Woodville High School athletics. And I'm telling you, at the state track meet, he competed in three events. He competed in the, the wheelchair division, 400-meter dash, the 100-meter dash, and the shot put. And he medaled in all three things that he competed in. He won the first place medal in the 400-meter dash. He won the second silver medal in the 100-meter. And then he also won a first place gold medal in the shot put. And in the shot put, he was joined by a fellow eagle who also uh, competes in the wheelchair sports named uh, Keyshawn Payer. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. But uh, Keyshawn and, and Carrington, Carrington won the gold and, and Keyshawn won silver. So way to go to, to these guys. But Carrington, I, I remember shooting his photo when he was crossing the finish line during the 400 meter dash and he crossed that the finish line. He, it was a come from behind kind of win. It was, oh man, it was exciting. And when he crossed the line, he just, he threw his arms up and he shouted and it was just, it was so cool. But like I said, we're going to have a, a feature piece about him in next week's edition of The Booster. So check that out if you, if you get a chance to. And the other athletes from Tyler County who participated and qualified and made it all the way to state and participated. Also from Woodville, we had Jordan Beatty. And if you followed the uh, the girls' basketball season, she was one of the standouts on that team who made it to state. She medaled in two things. She was uh, in the shot put event for 3A girls as well as the discus. And she won the bronze medal in the shot put. 
and the silver in the discus. So congratulations to Jordan. And then also in a 1A competition from Chester, we had Faith Loftner, who competed in the 100-meter girls hurdles and came in ninth place. So congratulations, Faith. And Faith is a junior, so uh, hopefully she'll make it to state again next year. And so congratulations to all these kids and keep it up. You guys are, are you guys are all stars in my book. So very cool. So anyway, I guess that's kind of a wrap of things that are going on or about to happen or have happened here in Tyler County. And I certainly hope all you guys are having a good time out there and staying busy and having some fun when you can. And, and uh, summer's coming up. So I guess people will be uh, planning some vacations and things like that. And there's, there's a lot of cool things out there to do and get a chance, you know, along with our booster, we have the community calendar and everything of things that are going on in Tyler County. But if you get a chance, pick up a copy of our East Texan magazine, which is a quarterly magazine we put out. And the, and the spring issue that came out fairly recently, you can still find them, you know, a good many places. We have a listing in the back of several pages worth of, of events from all over the state of things that are going on. And with the dates and times and whatnot. So uh, check that out. Get some ideas of cool places to go, things to see and do. And so on that note, I will bid you all adieu. And uh, I hope everybody out there is having a wonderful time of it. And thank you so much for listening. And as always, be good to yourselves and to one another. I'm Chris Edwards, and I approve this message. Hello, East Texas. It's Megan Whitworth with your latest updates on Houston County. So let's dive in. A historic event happened Monday night in Crockett. The first African-American woman was sworn into office to serve as mayor of the county seat of Houston County. Dr. Ianthea Fisher, a retired longtime career educator, has been seated as mayor and has officially taken the reins. Fisher, who was elected during the May 4th election, was sworn in by city admin John Angerstein during the historic meeting. She is also the first African-American to be elected by registered voters in a citywide election to serve as mayor in that position. She is the second woman elected as mayor. Previous Crockett mayor Johnny Klontz was the first woman. The title of the article is History in the Making, and that's exactly what it was. Also during the meeting, Councilman Michael Butch Calvert and Daryl Jones were also sworn in to continue their service on the board during the city council meeting. It was a busy meeting. There were reports of people being excited to witness the historic moment of Dr. Fisher being sworn in. And I say historic because it is. It's literally history in the making to be able to witness this event. And you can just read... She said a lot, I'm just thinking the the community for voting her in. And you can just read it. It's what it's one of our stories on page 1A. We have a, a big picture of her being sworn in by Mr. Angerstein. So definitely check that out. In the area of crime, a law enforcement is seeking the public's help in a theft case. On May 10th, Crockett Police Department deputies were dispatched to the Crockett ISD campus, the old state school, regarding a theft according to a press release. And during the overnight hours on that day, three subjects were seen on video surveillance, cutting the fence and making entry into the property. While inside the property, the subjects cut a larger hole further down in the fence and stole a bad boy outlaw commercial zero turned 72 inch deck mower among other equipment. And 
It was seen that the subjects then used a small John Deere tractor that was located on the property to pull the mower to a location behind the property where it is believed that the mower and other items loaded onto a trailer, according to that release. So if anyone has any information on the theft, you can contact the Crockett Police Department at 936-544-2021. You can also contact them on Facebook. And on if you visit the Crockett Police Department on Facebook, they also share a photo of, it's a blurry photo of like where the camera caught a truck that was taking the equipment. So definitely try, if you know of any information, contact the Crockett Police Department. And once again, that number is 936-544-2021. It is important to solve crimes. And also in the world of sports, the Houston County students are making a big wave across Texas. And I'm so happy to announce that on Monday, it was breaking news, fantastic news, and that Graveland High School girls golf team won the Class 2A state, state championships by 20 strokes breaking the record for lowest two-day total with a 649 during competition Monday and Tuesday in Austin. The Sandiettes shot a 334 on Monday to finish with a one-stroke lead over Martins Mill and came back Tuesday with a score of 315. Martins Mill carded a 334 on day two to settle for a second place with score of 669 or 669. All five Sandiettes recorded personal best rounds. Shanae Boyd finished fifth to lead the way while Carly Parker, Hannah Chipman, and Mary Jane Watson all tied for eighth with 165. Mary Jane Watson. Maybe there's a Spider-Man fan out there. <laughs> when I read that name, I was like, Spider-Man's girlfriend. <laughs> Anyways, just a little nerd moment for you. And then also last weekend in the sports world, the Crockett ISD went to UIL State Track and Field Championships, also in Austin. Crockett sent state qualifiers in three events and came away with gold, silver, and bronze medals. In the competition, they did place second overall, and you can read all about the breakdowns and see photos of the champs on page 1B of this week's newspaper. And I've just got to say, during the school board meeting last Monday, or on Monday, the boys that, that went to track field were highlighted, showcased um, for their accomplishments. And it was just awesome to see how just proud this community and their parents are for these kids to show up and say, hey, we're from Houston County. We're going to rock this event. So congratulations to the Sandiettes and for those that competed at track and field competitions, both in Austin. I personally was not good at sports, but I always looked up to those that worked so hard to accomplish so much in high school. Anyways, so folks, there's a lot going on. There's a lot in this week's issue. There's the sports. There's definitely check out classifieds. There's a lot going on. Check out our calendar. That's on page 2A. There is a lot happening in Houston County, and you don't want to miss out. There's anniversaries, birthdays. We are also featuring a new page called Local Snap for community members to share their photos and what's going on and their accomplishments um, in Houston County. So you can send your photos that you take for a chance to be featured. You can't always because a lot of people might send in their photos, but we want to highlight community members and what they're doing in their life. We can't be everywhere, but we do try. We're always keeping up with things. So you can send those pictures and captions to newsnews at hccourier.com. Once again, that is for our 
local snaps page. It's a feature page or just like a picture page to showcase and highlight and feature our Houston County residents and the amazing things that they are doing. So definitely keep us updated and we'll keep the readers updated. <laughs> it's a win-win for everyone. So anyways, like always, there's lots of events, lots of, it almost feels like there's constantly news breaking in our neck of the woods. We might be a small county, but there's always something happening. So make sure to keep watch on our Facebook at HC Courier and our website at hccourier.com. And folks, that is for right now. Check out our website and our the latest edition of The Courier. There's a lot of late nights and hard days and, and we just put a lot of work to put it out. So definitely check it out. We have graduation coming up and summer days and we're just excited. So I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. In Trinity County, Judge Doug Page talks about recent adverse weather conditions. Parts of the county have received strong wind damage and flooding. Nothing major, but enough to raise a topic of discussion. Page is also the emergency management coordinator for the county, and he discusses what would happen in the event of major flooding or tornadic activity. And on the note of the county, county commissioners approved a fire hydrant for the community of Apple Springs. The Apple Springs Volunteer Fire Department recently requested two fire hydrants, but a business in Lufkin gave funds to the Apple Springs VFD for one fire hydrant, which meant the county only had to approve the purchase of one fire hydrant instead of two. And speaking of Apple Springs, two of their athletes, Cody Baird and Ethan Hollis, competed in the Class A state track meet last week. They both competed in the boys' high jump. Baird finished third, and Hollis finished in a tie for fourth. Trinity athlete Justin Stanley also competed in the 3A state track meet last week. He finished second in the boys' 110-meter hurdles. And Groveton EMS recently held a fundraiser to raise funds for a new office. Their office, which was also their home, burned down last June, and they have been raising funds to rebuild their new office. And Pastor Richard Gonzalez of Calvary Tabernacle in Trinity celebrated his 10-year anniversary with the church as well.